You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Good morning, Queen City Church. It's Andy Squires here with Robin McMillan. Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing? We can't really see you, but we know you're out there, and we hope and pray that you're doing well. Robin and I have decided today to talk about something that, well, is burning in Robin's heart. And since I've been given a little research to it this week, I've, I'm pretty excited about it as well. Uh, we wanted to take a dive into talking about the promises of God today because we recognize that Life can be very uncertain, you know, as, as all of us have experienced recently. And in, in all of that uncertainty, we kind of need something to cling to. We need someone to cling to that's, that's secure. And as Christians, um, we're part of a story. We find ourselves smack dab in the middle of God's story. And like all good stories, there are all kinds of drama and tension that are happening in that story. But ultimately, there will be a great reconciliation where everything is put absolutely right. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> amen. According to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. That's right. Um, so as Christians, <clears throat> we use kingdom of God language a lot when we're talking about you know, what God is doing and the story of God. And, and I have a, I have a friend named Adam Russell and he talks a lot about this kingdom as he, he defines it this way. We're part of a kingdom that is now and not yet. Meaning we see manifestations of God's kingdom now, but we don't see it all right. the way we hope to see it. Right. We see it as the now and not yet kingdom. And sometimes it seems like the not yet part of that equation is a little more present than the now part. Right. 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 So built into this story of God is the in-between life of the promise given and the promise fulfilled. So uh, I, I hope this is coming across clearly, but. I'm trying to set this up for us today. So today what we want to do is we want to talk about living a life of great faith during times of great promises. Maybe another way I could say that is we want to talk about clinging to the promises of God because we need to remember those things between the now and the not yet, between right, that right. tension, right? Right. So Robin, to, to open us up today... Would you start us out by telling us why you felt compelled to talk about the promises of God? Maybe this might be a new concept to some people. Why are the promises of God so important for us to understand and to know? Well, what I want to do is take a moment here to develop some of uh, my approach to the scriptures and what I think is important about them. Yeah. I think about when Paul um, preaches his gospel over in 1 Corinthians 15. He emphasizes one uh, phrase, which is according to the scriptures. Mm. He says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, 
according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Wow. And then even Jesus himself quoted the scriptures when he was being tempted. Yep. You know, the temptation of Satan after the uh, fasting in the wilderness, Mm. Jesus, and this was the only method he seemed to use when confronted with demonic difficulty and threat, mm, mm. he would he would say, it is written, mm-hmm. it is written, it is written. And so what I have concluded is the scriptures are authoritative. We can trust them. And I have learned in my life, whenever I believe and trust the scriptures, I'm much happier than when I question and doubt them. Amen. And, and I believe it's because the scriptures are authoritative. We don't need to get into some kind of a yeah. debate about any of that. Yeah. But basically, um, that's, that's one point. Here's another point. Um, every benefit we get as believers is directly related to a promise. Okay. And it's fulfillment. Okay. Because God is a promising God and he is a promise keeping God. Not always on our terms or our time. Nevertheless, he can't lie. So if he says he's going to do something, he's, he's going to do it for yeah. it's impossible for God to lie. Yeah. Some of the ground rules for why mm. I trust what I'm, what I read and what I, what I believe even begins like with John three sixteen. John three sixteen. John three sixteen is bas- basically a conditional promise. Mm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So that's just a little example of a promise, a very significant promise, Mm -hmm. and um, the condition, Mm. having faith, and the result, if you're going to be pretty simple. Mm -hmm. The other thing I thought is this. First of all, we're talking about faith, and we don't have all the answers for how it all works which would go back to Adam Russell's and really the vineyard concept of now and not now yet and not about yet. the kingdom. Yep. I, I can remember I heard Adam say on that podcast you recommended to me the other day that um, what we believe is anything, any miracle in the Bible, God can and will do it today. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just simply doesn't work that way. Right. And I can't give you a definitive answer about why that mm-hmm. is that way. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I believe what the Bible says, and yeah. that's the security I have in yeah. my life. Yeah. Another thing I would say is it's important to realize that being Christian is more like an art form than a science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a two plus two equals four equation. It's not like we just work faith like you work uh, mathematics That's right. or some kind of a chemical formula. That's a formula. really important point. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Because I think, I think early on in my, my uh, journey with the Lord, I, I heard some preachers that may have put it out that way, that if you do this, then this will happen exactly. every single time. And, and that distinction between art and science is really important because I, I think people should know that when you start stepping into a life of faith, which uh, intrinsically or inherently is a life of risk. It's, 
It's journeying into a life of risk-taking exactly. with the Lord, right? Exactly. And sometimes we're working on our, you know, we have limited understanding or experience, or we think we've heard God one way and we ne- didn't necessarily hear him the way we thought. There's a lot of variables in this, right? Exactly. So when you're yeah. talking about uh, a life of faith, I think I really appreciate the idea that it is more art than it is science. Although yeah. there are principles that we can point to in the scripture yeah. and say, "Hey, this is real and it's authoritative." Right. <laughs> so, other other things I've thought about as you and I've talked about this before our podcast today was that um the fact that God is a promise-giving and promise-keeping God is part of the method he uses. Mm to make us into the kind of people he's created us to become. Amen. Um, one, of, one of the points I want to make here is that you could call the time between when the promise is given mm-hmm. and when the promise is fulfilled is called walking by faith. Come on. That's what it is. That's so good. That's what it is. And then you read in Hebrews, um, but without faith, it is impossible to please please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so the thing the thing I have seen is that uh, walking by faith, having this relationship of promise keeper and promise believer, is a developmental process. Yeah. And it, and one of the primary uh, examples of this is the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that situation, um, Israel is delivered from slavery um, by remarkable acts of God. And so they've come out of slavery and they have been given a promised land. But there's only one prom- one problem between the promise and the promised land, and it was a wilderness. Yeah. And so the children of Israel, as a picture of the church, mm. had to, although hey, they had been pulled out of slavery and they had been pulled in a place of freedom, they had internal slavery mm. that the geographical deliverance was not going to completely finish. Mm. And so in that period of wilderness— they pretty seriously had their character, their impatience, their reluctance. A lot of those things that can come out of your heart during a COVID-19 three-month isolation could be the very thing God's trying to do to Mm. actually enlarge and increase your faith. So that's good, Robin. Well, you you may have just answered question two, but I'm going to ask it anyways. But before I do, I do want to say that uh, uh, just to backtrack a little bit with your um, your premise on scripture, yeah. I, I would like to say that a lot of times the Old Testament gets a lot of bad press. But yeah. what's so interesting to me that when you see the word being used, when you see the word scripture being used in the Gospels, it is always referring to the Old Testament text. It's referring right. to the law and the prophets. So even when Jesus is doing combat with the devil in the wilderness, he doesn't have the gospels to pull from. He's pulling from the law and the prophets, exactly. right? He's, he's actually doing this like hand to hand combat with Satan 
using exactly. scriptures that he's finding in the Torah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's good for people to know that because um, sometimes we're, we, 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 we see ourselves as people of the New Testament. It's not true. We are people of the full, the the full right. scripture, right? right. And I, I recently heard a lecture series by an Anglican priest by the name of John Bear, and he said the most fascinating thing. He said that, that w- if you notice in the Gospels and in, the, in the, the books that Luke wrote, like the Acts of the Apostles, uh, he said— S- Seeing the resurrected Lord with with physical eyes was virtually useless for almost every person that Jesus encountered. Nobody recognized them. Right. But in every instance, including things like on the road to Emmaus, when the two disciples are walking with Jesus, they're seeing the resurrected Lord, but they cannot recognize him. It is only through the unfolding of the scriptures that even the resurrected Christ is being seen. Right. So it's such a fascinating, like his, his work is really affirming the importance of scripture in our lives, even yeah. to see the Lord. Like, yeah. so, so I think that the emphasis of the promises of God as seen in scripture is of the utmost important. It's, it's, it's Robin. I think, I think what we're really talking about is elevating the scriptures in our lives again, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I think, I think we've really been in a season in the past few years where people don't take the Bible as seriously That's right. as, no. as they once did maybe. And we need to yeah. kind of go back to that. Amen. Well, it reminded me of, Romans fifteen four, just exactly what you're mm. saying. For whatever things were written before, now Paul's talking about the Old Testament. Yeah, were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Wow! And you were telling me this morning you were reading Hebrews. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I Hebrews was talking about eleven too. Yeah. yeah, and you were going, "Wow, I'm getting some." Yes, this is quite encouraging. Yeah, I was actually getting strength. Here, here is one thing I wanted to tell you about too that that actually happened to me. It was five years ago. Okay, I was in a hotel. I bought a car down in Columbia, South Carolina. I happened to take it down there to get it fixed because they could do it at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed overnight in a hotel, and I I had. I was praying, and this is what I said to the Lord. I was complaining about the unfulfilled promises I have. Mm. And um, one in particular I'm not going to mention. And as I was praying, I had my eyes closed. I had a vision of a big spoon in heaven pouring out raisins. Mm. And my initial impulse, which is also always uh, usually my initial impulse when I see something that strange, I disregard it. Mm. I think, well, that that's that's crazy. But then I realized the Lord was answering that question. Wow. Um, he began to show me that promises come as ripe grapes, but they're fulfilled as dried up looking raisins, mm. meaning that whenever we get a promise, we get so exhilarated. Yes. Or whenever God tells us something yes. about our lives, we get so excited about it. And then time goes on and it doesn't happen. Wow. Well, the immediate thing is to say, well, that wasn't the Lord. or I can't trust this. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was saying, no, no, the 
clearest Old Testament picture of a promise is that when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they came back out with grapes from the promised land Mm -hmm. so large, they were like large as basketballs, and it took two of them to carry one bough of Mm -hmm. grapes. Mm -hmm. So grapes is a very clear picture of a promise. Now, raisins do something else. Raisins have the capacity to sustain a person through war or wilderness. Mm -hmm. It was an Old Testament food staple for those two situations. That's right. And so that's what that's what these promises are. You get a promise from God. If that thing doesn't come to pass immediately, you can't give up on that thing. If it shrivels up and dies, you just got to keep eating it. Okay, well, Robin, let me ask you a question because I think you have you have gone to a place right now where you're talking about promises as they are uh Maybe, maybe personal promises. Personal promises. Can you talk too. a little bit about the difference between the personal promises of God in a person's life versus something that you would see in the scripture? Yes. Um, it's a little tricky. Okay. Because there's so many, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. Right. The problem is we can't control the timing of them, mm-hmm. some of them are conditional. And so maybe sometimes we didn't fulfill the condition. For instance, say in Philippians 4, mm-hmm. rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Okay. That's a promise, but it's a conditional promise. Okay. And so you could even claim that promise, but not actually go through the process involved in the promise yeah. and still not have peace. So you've got to participate some in some it's, way. Y- yes. All, all of the promises of God, I believe, except for the second coming. I don't believe the second coming is conditional. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of whenever yeah. the father sends back the son and the yeah. son says he doesn't know when either. Yeah. But then a lot, a lot of promises are conditional. Mm-hmm. A lot of them really are. And personal promises can be very subjective. And right. that's why we sort of have to hold them very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's about the best way. Well, let me just yeah. say this, that when I was yeah. young, I had a lot of people praying over me or or speaking words of life or prophetic words over me. And I will tell you that uh, over a number of years as a young person, there was one word that kept coming over into my life from yeah. different different types of yeah. people. There was one specific word or I would I would, dare I say promise from God. It, yeah. was, it was it was a destiny word. It was like yeah. something connected to the calling of my life. And it, it was very intriguing to me because the Holy Spirit was speaking through people who did not know each other. Right. over a course of many years right. that were speaking the same word. So I, I, I was always paying attention, but the more often I got that word, I was, I would think to myself, Oh, this is interesting. This, I think yeah. this is more meaningful than just a passing, you know, fancy of some prophetic person. The Lord was really beginning to speak destiny into my life saying, Andy, right. here's something I, I actually created you for. I've called you to this. Now, the 
This, now, this is personal. This isn't something I went to the scripture and saw, for instance, in Hebrews 11 or right. Psalm 91, where there are these things that are, are rooted in scripture, but I don't believe the Lord is just speaking to us through scripture. We actually right. believe that the Lord is speaking to people through other people right. who are vessels of the Holy Spirit, right? Right. And so for me, the... I, those, those personal promises have been so meaningful to me because in times when I've been discouraged about who I am or how much progress I've made in my life, I've been able to look back on those things and go, wait a second, the Lord has been faithful to me. He's always been faithful to me. And even if I don't see the full manifestation of this promise yet, I am going to continue, and we're going to talk about this a little bit uh, later, but in Hebrews 11, it says, uh, it talks about these these people who they saw in the distance the promise, and they welcomed that promise, and it even says that they admitted that they they were aliens and strangers on the earth, but they saw the promise and laid hold of it. It was almost like they took, they took it out of the future into the present. And I know that's going to sound strange to people, no. but man, it really is a game changer for people that can grab a hold of that, isn't it? It, it is. Um, I was thinking about this too. It, it says, I was trying to find it as you were talking because someone stirred up. Um, talking about Joseph. Yeah. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. See, now that's another aspect we don't often recognize is some of the personal promises we have from the Lord Mm -hmm. will actually test us. Because what do you think about Joseph who knew through his own a dream and dream interpretation, legitimate prophetic process. He knew what he was supposed to do, but look what he went went through. Yes. He went through the hatred of his brothers. Yes. Being sold as a slave, coming out of it in a great way in Potiphar's house, mm-hmm. and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of immorality. Mm-hmm. He gets thrown in prison. He gets pulled out of prison. Next thing you know, he's second in charge of all Egypt, mm-hmm. but he was tested and proven And one of the things we don't fully recognize is the testing and the proving aspect of God is not God harming us. He's getting us ready to be the kind of people it's going to take to actually function Mm. in that calling, in that promised place. That's right. And so uh, any believer with a calling on their lives potentially can go through some pretty dark, troubling, trying days. Sure. It's a process. Now, like we've said over and over, we don't believe God sent this virus, but we have this virus. How are we going to respond in this virus? And one of the things I've done is I respond through some personal promises. I respond through biblical promises. Amen. And Amen. Um, one thing about personal promises, uh, the Bible says one place out of the mouth of two or more shall every word be established. Mm-hmm. And what you were talking about was that you had on an ongoing basis from people who had not conferred with each other or maybe didn't even know each other, right. the same promises. And so you begin to say, this is God 
encouraging me yes. to stand fast and go through this process until I get where he's calling me to Amen. go. Amen. Amen. And I love that when we open up the Bible, and as, as you've pointed to the story of Joseph the dreamer, not only can we see God the promise maker and God the promise keeper, but we can also gain wisdom by through these stories of process. Exactly. There's all yeah. of these process stories through all of Scripture in the Old and New Testament, right? Exactly. So it's almost like a, a lot of the way we think about life as Christians or as Americans is that we want to avoid process as much as we can because everybody knows that in process, there's there's a little bit of pain involved in that, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and But if we're wise, if we're smart, We'll kind of oh bring our or allow ourselves acquiesce to the process of God in our life, and yeah. and we do, we do need strength. We need strength when we're going through the processes of God in our lives, and I think that that strength comes through reminding ourselves continually feasting on those promises. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Well, Robin, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the promises that you've been strengthening yourself on recently, just especially in this time that we've, we've been in? Well, one of them, I, I mentioned the first part of it, and it's um, also the rest of Philippians 4. It starts with 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, mm. meditate, mm. feed on these things. What happens if you do the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. And so mm. um, also just the simple verse there. And I think Matthew six, where Jesus said, I've mentioned this before, take no thought for tomorrow. Um, it's an exercise. It's a discipline to live one day at a time yes. when things are uncertain. Mm. It really is. But that's, that's, that's helped me when I've, uh, we have to plan, but if we're living in the future and the future is speaking to us of being afraid, something's not right with the way we're, we're yes. processing it. Yes. I thought too about the verse, you know, people question some of the things they go through, but the Bible, Peter, I think Peter says, it's the trying of your faith that's more precious than gold. Mm. Well, the idea of the, your faith being tried or tested has to mean things should be this way, but for you, they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's, that's the walking in faith between the promise and the fulfillment. And the marvelous thing you had mentioned to me out of out of Hebrews 11, some of those people never got their promise in this life. Right. I'm not saying they never got it. Right. But they never got it in this life. Yeah. And so I have some favorites. I have, um, I love this truth about having your sins forgiven. Mm. I think um, it needs to be emphasized. Amen. So you find in Colossians 1, 21 and 23, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. Mm. How did he do that? Well, he did it through the cross. Yeah. Does that make sense? Not much. No, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. (laughs) He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body 
as a sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now, and this, this hit me about three weeks ago, and now there is nothing between you and Father God. Wow. Not based on what you have or haven't done. Right. Based on what Jesus has done on our behalf. For he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Mm, that's so good. It's just over the top. It's over the top. Over the top. Um, I've got some more. Do you have some? Well, I was just going to say that is a... that. Just talking about the difference between a personal promise, which you get through a prophetic word. Right. This is a biblical promise. Good distinction. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes, well, we need to know this because sometimes we see our Bible sitting on the shelf and we, it just seems overwhelming or it, it seems hard to understand or like, I don't really have, I don't know where to go. Exactly. This is a perfect example of a scripture that should kind of be at our ready when we need to be feasting on the goodness of God. To me, exactly. that is a perfect description of what the goodness of God looks like. Exactly. That's <laughs> Colossians 1, 21 through 23. So good. Well, Robin, I know we've already covered this, but I want to ask this question because I just am so thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for the scriptures. I'm thankful for uh, w- what it's meant to me personally, to us as a church, and I'm really thankful that the Lord laid it on your heart to kind of go after the promises of God. And so let me just, let me ask it to you. I'm just going to read it straight from our, our questions. One scripture that I have always found fascinating is found in Hebrews 11. The writer tells of those who died without receiving the things promised. But now this is so interesting. They saw those promises, they welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were, were, were aliens and strangers on earth. I love how these saints saw and welcomed the things that they never actually not saw with their own eyes. Robin, why is it important to see and welcome the things that God has promised us. Well, the truth is I've never seen Jesus, mm-hmm. but I do see him by faith. Man, that's so good. I do see him by faith. Um, you know, I don't know. You can't really prove this stuff scientifically, but I do know this. My life changed and has continued to change because I believe in Jesus and I have a relationship with Jesus. And um, I just jotted down a couple of ideas here. I'd like to say this, to be a successful long-term believer, we need to be able to embrace mystery. Yeah. Yes. And mystery to me is, in simple terms, not understanding God's ways entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to embrace the fact that we can have delayed answers to prayer. Amen. And and you have that great picture there in Luke uh, chapter one of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the angel mm-hmm. comes to Zechariah. They were barren. They were in their old age. Um, and the angel comes to Zechariah and he says, I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child 
And he see, this is the thing that just messes you up. Has been answered. Mm. Has been answered. It hadn't been answered yet, but it had. <laughs> well, see, and, th- and that's what happens. See, when you read in um, Ephesians, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been given this enormous resource, yeah. but we have to access every bit of it by mm-hmm. faith. Very little of it is automatic. Mm-hmm. And that that will give great consternation to the natural mind, particularly the unregenerate mind. Yeah. Because it makes no right. makes no sense. Yeah. Well, one translation says, for I've come to tell you that your prayer, you don't even pray anymore for a child has been answered. And I had this thought when I read that sometimes our prayers have a longer shelf life in heaven mm-hmm. than our faith does. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. although we emphasize faith and believing the word, I'm not convinced that we don't get things we don't believe for too. Yeah. I, I would just, say I, I would say that's what grace looks like. I would I would say. <laughs> okay, also um it's to keep us from discouragement. Mm-hmm. Um to encourage us that it is through both faith and patience we inherit promises. And so to consider Jesus and what he endures uh so that we don't become weary uh, and discouraged. That's over there in the book of, of Hebrews. The writer of the Hebrews says, listen, consider what Jesus endured so that you won't be discouraged. Look what he went through. Mm-hmm. The garden, the crucifixion, the humiliation, the public rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did it for the joy set before him. And that's what we need to remember. There is a reward connected mm-hmm. to our faith. Yes. There's a reward Amen. connected to our faith. Even Jordan Peterson, who's not technically a Christian, but he has ideas that I know are thoroughly Christian. He, he basically says, um, life is made around this truth. If you sacrifice now, you benefit later. Right. If you sacrifice now, you benefit later. And so that's about doing the right thing, believing the right thing, mm-hmm. and Keep going for it. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't go backwards. And he says this great truth. If you sacrifice, things can get better. But if you don't, things can get immeasurably worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I believe about the Bible, too. Robin, when you first started talking just now and you said, I've never seen Jesus, but I've seen Jesus. Yeah. I, I was just struck by that statement. And I just had the thought. You know, and it, it kind of ties back into when I was talking about the the Father John Bear series that I've been listening to. But maybe, maybe we really have seen Jesus. Yeah. Maybe we really have seen him through uh, the scripture. And maybe, yeah. maybe it is the eyes of faith. Maybe God has designed this whole yeah. thing yeah. for us to develop these eyes of faith. And, and, and our rational mind is telling us, oh, if only you could see him in his physicalness. And then God is saying, no, the way you see me is through eyes of faith. This is the way this works. Well, you mentioned this earlier, and to me, it's almost, it's almost hysterical. The di- Cleopas and the di- disappointed disciples after the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah. They're leaving um, Jerusalem disappointed. 
And um, so Jesus intercepts him. Right. And Cleopas actually says to Jesus, um, he's talking to Jesus. Yeah. And he says to Jesus, well, he was crucified and dead. And some of us have come and said they've seen him alive, but we have not seen him. And he's talking to looking him. Right he's him. Looking right at him. looking right at him. And he says, and here's one thing too. Who knows why they couldn't recognize him? What if faith has a literal capacity mm. to open your eyes to things that are there? Right in front but of you. You cannot see them apart from uh, faith. That's it. That's it. And so to one person, these things are not true. Yeah. To another person, they're just in this glorious place of fulfillment, yeah. expectancy, and hope, and, and they're living the same it, life. It, it's almost like uh, faith makes the thing that is right in front of you obvious, but without that faith, it's not even there. There you go. <laughs> oh, man, this has been good, Robin. I, I'm so thankful for uh, all that you've given us on this today. Um, I if you had do you have anything else to add i think i think we're pretty well wrapped up here no no i just want to uh tell the church um of course you'll be hearing this most of you sunday morning and our plans are um not uh this sunday but the next sunday to live stream our service here from the church yeah and we have um, tentative plans to the following Sunday to begin to open up the church um, on, we're trying to figure out on what kind of a schedule, if we need to have one or two meetings, how many mm -hmm. people want to come. Mm -hmm. and we have to be careful with the social distancing sure. and with people who aren't comfortable yet to come back. Yeah. So we do have the live stream. Yes. But we love you guys so much. And I, I quite frankly have, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I appreciate so much this church, Andy. Yeah. I appreciate their generosity towards the church mm, over these last several months. It's been amazing. And um, God bless you folks. We love you. Let, let me reiterate real quickly what you just said. So, so this Sunday, the 24th, it'll be normal. We'll have our Instagram live Instagram Sunday. Live, right. This podcast and video will go out. But the following Sunday we're going to kind of shift gears and yeah. we're going to start live streaming from this stage. Yeah, it won't be Instagram live. We'll be here. It won't be Instagram yeah. live. We'll let you know what platform we'll make sure everybody has the right information that they need to jump on the new platform. But the goal is that we're making these, these incremental steps yeah. towards meeting again. Right. And uh, we're trying to get our live streaming up and running. And Chris has been doing a great job with all of that. So I think I'm confident we're, we're going to, have a smooth and flawless trans transition into right. that world. <laughs> Pray for us. Pray for Chris. Um, well, let me close out with a word of prayer. Great. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for uh, what happens mm. when believers come together and feast on your word, feast on your promises. We're actually given more faith, more grace, more peace. All of that is added to us, Father. And we pray for our people. We pray for all the families, friends, uh, people near and far that are uh, part of the Queen City family. We pray, Lord, that 
that the eyes of our understanding would be open yeah. today, that the eyes of our understanding would be able to see you in our lives, in our midst right now, Jesus, and let the word of God shine forth in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would lead us to open our Bibles. We pray that you would lead us to times of prayer, times of worship in our own homes. Lord, we thank you for all the gifts that you've given us mm. to be able to stay connected with you, Lord, even in seasons of great challenge. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.